The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Due to the ongoing pandemic and to follow social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was pre-recorded over Skype. And welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Tree Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm Michael Dow, once again playing the humble host. And uh, we have uh, John Roberts acting as our engineer and button pusher. Bleep bloop. And Sue Timberlake, who uh, I don't know if she was happy about being our cult leader last week, but we're sticking with it. <laughs> Oh no, it's a week to week running joke. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> I wanna I want to be your button pusher. I wanna push your buttons as the only Republican on the show. Oh, you here. definitely push buttons. Trust me. <laughs> and we're fortunate to be joined uh by a special guest uh this evening, uh Natalia Munoz. Uh, you may know her as the host of Viacon Munoz on uh, WHMP uh, up over in Northampton. Uh, Natalia is also a uh, uh, Boricua. I think I got that right. Boricua, yeah. I yeah, didn't know yeah, you were yeah. going to say that. Okay. Well, I was introduced to the term by Jossie Valentine when she was yeah, on the show. Uh, yeah, last year. Boricua. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. What? Which I, which I totally mispronounced first. What? Uh, <laughs> Boricua, someone from Puerto Rico. Oh. it's the it's our indigenous name and and almost all of us if not all of us whether we live in puerto rico or in the united states or anywhere in the world we call ourselves boricuas we use our indigenous name not the name that was bestowed on us by or imposed on us by our conquerors that is awesome yeah 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 today i learned (laughs) (laughs) Well, Thank our you. work here is done. Thanks for listening to some talk. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I just wanted to mention, uh, well, well, we're happy to have you here, uh, Natalia. And Thank you. uh, also, you're the news director for uh, Holyoke Media. Yes. Which is, uh, which is uh, uh, our local media. It's a nonprofit media organization Thank here you. in Holyoke. Uh, I was trying to think, we like, cover how do I say ev- what you just said that I forgot to write down? <laughs> <laughs> we cover every single city council meeting, school committee meeting, all the subcommittee meetings, and we put them on the various local channels as well as online. All Plus, right. we, we develop our own stories. Well, uh, if you want to contact uh, Civil Politics, you can email us civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. If you want to get in touch with Holyoke Media, uh, that would be Natalia at HolyokeMedia.org. <laughs> um, on Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio. Twitter, it's at Civil Politics FM. And we do have our own website, which is quite simply CivilPoliticsRadio.com with uh, recordings of previous episodes of the show, links to things we talk about, and even the odd supplemental episode. And... Uh, HolyokeMedia.org, that's your site, right, Natalia? Yes, it is. Thank you for mentioning it. And all the all this information will be on our website, civilpoliticsradio.com. Uh, 
and uh, in the show notes for the podcast version of the show that usually goes out on late Sunday night, early uh, Monday morning. So, uh, Natalia, uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of, uh, uh, put you on the spot too much here, uh, as our guest, but, uh, what's going on in Holyoke and how is, uh, I'm, 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 I'm quarantining with my mom out near Boston. So I'm a hundred miles away. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really got my finger on the pulse now as opposed to (laughs) how I normally am. But, um, uh, yeah, I, uh, with the, the, the black lives matter protests, I mean, I've heard there have been some in, in Holyoke that, uh, went near, uh, 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 business cycle there. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, how have the calls for defunding the police been uh, resonating uh, in Holyoke? Well, one of or the other one, communities in the area, but uh, since you're in Holyoke specifically, I thought we'd start. Well, but, one of the things that's really that was really awesome about the the Black Lives Matter demonstration in Holyoke was about a thousand people showed up. When we're a city of about forty thousand people, and uh, we're you know we're uh, a majority of the population is Latino. Mo- most of that population is Puerto Rican. Este, there are people, you know, it's a cross-section of people here, but to get about that many people out is 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 rare. And it was organized by three young women of color. Um, they did a really good job organizing it. They reached out to the police chief here, Manny Febo, and asked him, would you march with us? And he said, yes, I would love to. And so, and he also came out with a written commitment on what his police department will not do. And the mayor came out with a written commitment on a a committee that's going to be made up in the coming weeks. There's systemic, there's a, there's a, there's a huge cultural shift going on across the nation of which Holyoke is a part of. And the way to address systemic racism is by then looking at the policies, looking at everything policies. I mean, that includes what are your holidays? Which holidays do you observe? How much time do people have for grieving when someone passes? What's the language that that you use? You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of language that that you know we all do this. Everybody that we use language sometimes that's very imposing. Like when somebody says, uh, well, this is my manager or this is a, my cashier. And it's like we possess people. We have this bad custom of, of talking in ways as if we possess people, as if people belong to us. So what the Black Lives Matter movement is doing is raising a lot of uh, questions as well as expressing righteous rage on centuries of a oppression and uh, sorry, terror. And that's, I mean, that's what I, that's what I can say in terms of what's happening in Holyoke. What is not happening in Holyoke that I saw was happening in, in the Northampton is there isn't a movement here to defund the, the police station. There, there isn't a movement here to say, take money away from them and put it into other programs because First of all, nobody, no, you know, until you look at the budget of the police department, how can you even call for a cut? And that's what happened in Northampton. Northampton is having a woke off of 
you know, epic proportions. Who's more woke? So it's becoming, let's defund. And the city councilors go, yeah, let's defund. Let's cut the budget. But wait a minute. Have you looked at the police budget? What will that cut mean in terms of real, real, real information? Because it's, it's great to say we should cut 50% of the budget. But you know what that means? How, what that results in? A 10% has already resulted in a handful of people, literally five people, then not having work anymore. Yeah. So more of that money was going to... $500,000 got cut out of police budget just what last week and they had three weeks to deal with it because the budget starts on July 1st. That's wicked. It's hard. But Sorry there wasn't any, there, there was, but there wasn't any action on part of the city council to say, we want to work with the police chief and go line item by line item in a public meeting. No and see where can we cut this police department and well, budget? And so it just seems like it's a feel-good measure. We're just going to take money away from them. Okay, now you don't have five officers that were going to come on. Now you're not going to have anti-bias training. Now you're not going to have de-escalation training. Now you're not going to have hybrid cars, which, you know, all of Northampton, you know, really is on top of climate change. But now the police department can't buy, high, you know, hybrid cars, which are used, you know, every single hour, every single day of the year. So I just think and, that we have to be much more thoughtful about what we want and if they, and I've said this before about Northampton that's not Ferguson that we're seeing in Northampton that is not the Staten Island Police Department that's the Northampton Police Department led by a lesbian who has rose through the ranks who is herself evolving and getting better from day one on the job she started working on how can I make this the police department better and yeah. she used as her guide a, a task, a report from Obama's, President Obama's task force on 21st century policing. That's her guide. Yeah. And I that totally, police department totally. is being treated as if it were a murderous police department, and it's not. And maybe because I'm Puerto Rican, I'm much more sensitive to accusations of if you see one bad person, that means everybody is bad. But no, I mean, I know that when a Puerto Rican's arrested for carjacking, yeah, I feel so guilty about it. It's like, and that's, every Puerto Rican feels that way. It's like, oh no, was it was it a Puerto Rican who did this? And it, it's just because we we've, we've been raised in this culture of if one person does it, everybody is bad. And I think that is yeah, a reflect. thoughtless way to go around trying to restore justice. And I, and at I, the same time, if I could just finish for a second, at the same time, sure. I do obviously uh, support what the people in the black community want, whether I agree or not. We need to listen to what they're saying and be supportive of that. And and not then go into this debate. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna debate, for instance, a black person who says, Oh yeah, let's let's like uh, not defund the police. It's just like, if that's what you're feeling because you got centuries of rage in you. I'm not going to argue that. I'm going to respect that that rage. Wait, so I could just say anything I want? No, nothing. Well, yeah, you can say anything <laughs> you want because of the First Amendment. But if you said, I want the, all police departments to be defunded, I'm not going to, in a public way, uh, argue that point with you because what I'm going to understand is that you are a descendant of terror, of a, of a community that's been terrorized for centuries. And so I'm not going to argue with you about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to 
listen to your pain, to your anguish. Uh, but now, really, but now, yeah. <laughs> but if now, on the other hand, uh -oh. if you're gonna say, for instance, that uh, mint ice cream is better than you know malted vanilla, well, we can discuss that publicly for sure. Uh, we're both in Massachusetts. Nothing like mint malted is not good or something that's crazy stop being crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying why are you eating ice cream in the middle of winter i know i know right <laughs> because i am that's why because it's a tasty <laughs> treat it's a tasty treat i i think that um the way that you're that, that you were explaining that is really is really good uh a lot of people um when when someone when someone black says like this is horrible i do not like it this is my this is my life experience um and i've i've actually encountered this uh you know obviously especially online but um people just not listening and waiting to talk and then saying no you're wrong like oh, okay cool you know and like i, I was listening to you and uh i you're right that Defunding the police needs to be done in a deliberate manner. It needs to be done thoughtfully to make sure that the right money goes to the right place. Me training for current police officers, I don't really trust that. Um, cause a lot of police training is, uh, like, uh, um, there's incent, uh, there's incentives that the governor is going to implement, I believe. Oh, the certification bill. Yeah, he, uh, just, uh, he just yep submitted. Yeah, that's nice. I guess Governor Baker. Yeah, um, they. I mean, I was reading what uh, Sue said. Sent us a uh, a summary of uh, so there's going to be a, uh, a a panel uh, that is going to oversee uh, the like police stuff, and <laughs> but half of it is going to be cops. Uh, another person is either going to be the attorney general or or one of their representatives and then six people are going to be citizens but they're going to be picked by the governor why like what what good is that going to do <laughs> you know so there's there is there, there are more drastic things that need to be done um but I like I agree those drastic things need to be done in a way that makes sense for each community um, and that that will be the most beneficial. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is like a lot of people say a cap and I, I agree. I don't think that every cop is is a horrible person. I think that if they are taking part in in police culture, then they then I consider them complicit unless uh, like uh, my friend actually knows a police chief in California, and he is implementing drastic changes in his in his department. Um, really, really great stuff. This person is not complicit because they and he's actually making like videos about what's going on. So he actually has power in the department, and he's changing things uh, in a more progressive light. If a cop, a cop isn't a bad person, but they can ignore stuff and they can say, oh, that's that person isn't as bad or something like that. 
you know, the misunderstanding of the of the few bad apples metaphor. So, anyway, and you I, and you I can't gonna... uh, disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very funny i'm just kidding um, I, was, I was gonna agree with you about sort of northampton and you know they've they've brought in trainings you know and joined accreditation and, and they were the first the first city to go up on the data site for the state so you can actually look up and see how many larcenies um northampton has every year and you know accountability transparency and you know, some of the trainings that were in the governor's certification bill, they they already did those in Northampton and nobody got a bonus for going. Half half the police force has been trained in um, one of the most uh, recent courses around um, sensitivity and, and sort of implicit bias. I, it, you see a police department like that and it, you do worry when they make a 10% cut with three weeks to go. And, you know, the five newest employees, you know, the ones that are in the um, school, um, you know, the, the state police school, those are the people that got caught because that's all they could do. You know, they had to go seniority and, and they zapped it. So you, you see that I work in healthcare and when we re-engineer something that's 24 hour operation, you can't do it in three weeks. You just can't, you can't do a good job and do that. So I think you're right. I think it was a feel good move on the part of the city councilors. They should, they should, you know, they should rethink this, I think. But thank you for saying that. I didn't expect you to say it. So thank well, you. And also, you know, these five officers, they're newer officers who have been who have been a, taken a courses that are better prepared for de-escalation, that are more aware yes. of their bias, biases, as we all have biases. And so this is these, these are people that the police chief chooses, selects. So they, yeah. she was bringing on more people who are in line with her vision for what a police department is supposed to do. And I, you know, what I've been saying uh, also a lot is, well, then who are you going to call when there's a problem, when there's somebody setting fires to the houses and you, and the, and the suspect is walking down the street, are you going to, you know, when there's a, a, a domestic violence, when there's a child missing, when a synagogue is being threatened. And I've said this online, who are you going to call ghostbusters? No, you got to call the police department. You know, it's it's like we got to be real with where we are. We all aspire to live in a peaceful, loving society. That does the only way that it can exist if you are by yourself on an on an island with your cat. Well, and then, of course, well, that's debatable because some cats make life impossible. But you know, it just that that utopia does not exist except in our dreams. Well, that's a you need to have you need to have people that enforce the rules. Uh, you need to have people that understand how those rules should be enforced, but those people don't all, always have to arrive armed with deadly weaponry. Uh, if there's if there is a domestic disturbance, maybe they they go there with just a taser, even though those can be deadly. Or uh, maybe. Like uh, when when people ask me about defunding the police and they say, well, what happens when uh, there's a there's a wellness check or something? Then you send a trained mental health social worker or something. And if it if it's plausibly dangerous, then maybe you send a, uh, someone armed along with them and they and the social worker takes the lead. Something like that. And like there there are a lot of options that don't involve someone with 
a a weapon that is trained that who are trained to shoot when they get spooked. I I agree so, with you, uh, genre. I agree with you completely. And at the same time, there are situations that you do want somebody who's armed going into oh, that of course. abandoned building where of some course. creepy person has fled. Yeah, that's, you know? that, oh, so, totally, yeah. But these are the conversations that we're not having uh, as in the defund the police, in the midst of the defund the police chance. Uh, I, I think we're part of what people uh, sort of overlook or forget is that we're the beneficiaries of uh, centuries of history where people have grappled with these questions. So, um, you know, as, as uh, someone who's, uh, uh, you know, super Yankee with, you know, Anglo heritage going back, God knows where, you know, and, and even some Scandinavian roots, uh, you know, I've, I've, like, I don't know if, if you've ever happened to read, say, the uh, Icelandic sagas. Probably, yeah, not a lot of people have. But anyway, uh, and I certainly haven't read them no. in the original. But, you know, um, but one of the things that, that struck me... Uh, I saw the, the ones... series Valhalla. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, I watched that's, Thor. That's, yeah. <laughs> so one thing in the sagas that I've read is there's a lot of uh, legal wrangling, you know? Like there's, oh, well, you know, uh, Bjarni uh, killed your, your brother Hrolf, so we'll go and get him declared an outlaw. And so they go to the all thing and they, you know, there's a lawsuit and they say, oh, he, you know, we've got witnesses saying he killed Hrolf. And so you get him declared an outlaw and that means it's OK to kill him, you know. So then you, get, you can round up a posse and they can go after him. Uh, you know, and it might be that he's declared an outlaw only for a certain period of time. And if he can leave Iceland and stay away for three years, when he comes back, he'll be OK. Uh, you know, and and of course, also, uh, well, all right. So uh, Bjarni's really sorry he killed Rolf and he's offered you, you know, 100 gold talents as guild. You know, like the whole way of dealing with uh, violence in the community. Uh was non-professional, was very personal. Uh, there was no sort of uh, uh, mechanism of state, even though there was like there was a law, there were laws and actually some judicial procedures that seem strikingly familiar <laughs> despite being more than a thousand years old. And uh, you know, like the 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 history of policing, uh, in America certainly has uh, uh, evil roots in slave patrols and whatnot. But metropolitan polices, police forces were also inspired by uh, police reforms in Britain uh, lead in the uh, uh, 17th and 18th century. And uh, one of the most basic of those was the idea that the police shouldn't be military. And I think if there's one... I think if we uh, to get to like to what I see from my comfortable <laughs> liberal white privilege blah etc cetera, etc cetera, position is that we've militarized the police. Um, there's that great quote from you know Battlestar Galactica uh, where Edward James almost in like twelve seconds lays out exactly why it's a bad idea to mix the police and the and the cops. Um, and I think that's a that's a broader problem with our 
with our with the with the United States of America as it exists right now is we've spent so much money on the, on on war on the Department of Defense and uh, projecting military power around the world and uh, uh, you know uh, killing people all over the world in our quote unquote national interest. Um, and that's spilled over to our police, in part because you've got programs that sell surplus military equipment to the police. So they've got tanks and lots of body armor and lots of tear you gas. Know, battlefield weaponry. Yeah, and tear gas. Rubber bullets. You know. Yeah. Stinger, well, and, stinger uh, yeah. grenades that remain unexploded and then a child finds it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you and, know, And the irony is that, that tear gas and rubber bullets are you know, are an improvement in crowd control when you remember that the old-fashioned way was to send in the cavalry uh, charging on horseback with sabers drawn. You know, like, you know, that's how you get stuff like the famous Peterloo Massacre in 1819, where a whole bunch of people were got together in Manchester to demonstrate because they had this crazy idea that they wanted everybody to be able to vote. And, well, you know, that that can't happen. So Well, not everybody because black people and women weren't allowed to vote until, you know, pretty much yesterday. Yeah. But you know, yes, the, yeah. the establishment the establishment Very of the true. police certainly was based to do evil. It was to catch people who had been enslaved. Yep. It started off wrong, the establishment of police departments. Well, so did the quote founding of this country. It started off wrong. But there is a constitution, and it does say we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union. We're on that road to form a more perfect union, to make things better. And that's what some police departments have been doing. There are 18,000 police departments in the United States. Some of them have been trying to be better, much better. A, Northampton? Northampton is doing much better than most police departments. Most. Yes, yes. I Early on, Chief Jody Casper adopted the, the book 21st Century Policing, which included lots of workshops, lots of trainings on de-escalation, on the cultural competence, on de-escalation. That is important. Systemic change is important. And that's what's happening in Northampton. And it would be a bright new idea if in Northampton they stopped looking at Casper's department as if it were you know, the source of all evil in the world. It's not. It's actually one of the few of the police departments that is doing the right thing. I agree. You, uh, I have a good impression of Jody, Foster, Jody Casper. And uh, Sue, I can hear you, but we just this is a good point to, to take a quick break. We're going to uh, play a few PSAs, promos, and station IDs. And then, uh, Sue, you'll have the floor when we come back. Uh, but this is Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. There's a reason why you separate military and the police. One fights the enemy of the state. The other serves and protects the people. When the military becomes both, then the enemies of the state tend to become the people. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. This is Ruthie from Pedal People with a public service announcement. If you frequent downtown Northampton or Florence and you pass by the recycling and trash bins on the street, the public ones, I'm here to let you know that cups are not recyclable. No plastic cups, no paper cups, no styrofoam cups, no clear cups, red cups, blue cups, yellow cups, no insulated cups. Because if you put cups in the recycling bin, it means either I pick them out or someone at the sorting facility picks them out in Springfield, or it contaminates the whole load too much that the whole load is considered trash. Or if you can just bring your own cup all together and not have disposable cups, that'd be even better. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your cooperation. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. Uh, I'm still joined by uh, Sue Timberlake and John Roberts and our special guest, Natalia Munoz, host of Viacun Munoz and WHMP and news director of HolyokeMedia.org. Welcome back. Thank Sue, you. Sue, you were just, uh, I cut you off is, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, we were uh, just going into the break, but uh, you had an observation you wanted to make about uh, how we were about the rush to defund the police. Yeah, this is just a quick theoretical, but let's say we really wanted to have a mental health first responder to go. Um, just think for two seconds. Think of the algorithm of how you would train the dispatcher to decide who they sent. Would the mental health person be on the books in Northampton or would, would they be consultants? Would they go with or without the police? You know, who would go first or one later? Do they have a car? Are they on 24 hours? What training do they get? What radio contract and equipment do they have? You know, do they have GPS? Do they have cameras? You know, even the traffic folks in Northampton can communicate with the police. If they get, you know, if you give somebody a ticket and they get really, um, get really angry, you know, that the traffic enforcement officers have radio contact, what hours, what shifts. So think about laying that all out and the knowledge that we don't have about, you know, when is it going to turn violent and just the whole process of adding other kinds of responders 
And you realize the planning that has to go into changing how police forces are orchestrated. So I just, I didn't want to lose that in the conversation, but that was really my point. That's a really good point, Sue. Um, and, and it's not something that you can, as you just said, we, we can't just say, okay, let's do this. Here's the money that we took from the Northampton Police Department. Now let's put it into this. And away you go. The, what's, what's, there are two things that are happening at the same time. There's century-old rage, and uh, as I said before, righteous rage going on. And at the same time, there has to be a thoughtful deconstruction of systemic racism. And that includes what you just suggested, Sue. And so how is that money used? And could it be in consultation with the police department? And also, we, I mean, there are technical things. Uh, you know, systemic racism also includes policies such as can a mental health worker, you know, insist on going into the home if they see somebody is in danger of hurting themselves or hurting somebody else? No, oh, but a police officer can. Yeah, you need special laws because the police can have some things they can do that other people can't, and vice versa. There's some things mental health people can do that right. police can't do. So. Right, well, and then I, those are the kind of policies that need to be debated and then made into law, and that takes time and that takes thoughtfulness. Well, and it's At like the same, one of the two. One of the issues, I'm sorry, Sue, you were about to say. I just said to do it well, yes. Because <clears throat> one of the issues, and I think, uh, I think didn't John Oliver do a bit about this recently, so that's a handy link if people want more, but the whole issue of qualified immunity for police officers is, is basically cooked up by uh, the, the, the Supreme Court a couple of decades ago. It, uh, you know, it's not something that's carefully enshrined in law. It's something that's sort of evolved out of judicial precedent, um, which generally isn't a bad thing. I mean, that's how we got Miranda rights. But, you know, <laughs> um, the the idea behind qualified immunity, uh, which is like, oh, you know, we you can't necessarily uh, uh, sue a police officer or criminally charge a police officer when they're doing things in the course of their, their duty, you know, makes some sense. I mean, after all, uh, if, a, if someone is in an actually dangerous situation and they respond with violence, well, you know, that's, that, that can be okay. That, that can be a thing we want. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, become open to tremendous abuse. And there's cases of, for example, police officers stealing money, uh, you know, straight up stealing money and getting away with it because qualified immunity somehow or other that meant it was okay. But, you know, like we, that's as part of the conversation of rethinking, how do we provide some indemnity or indemnification for, you know, any government official who's doing their job and doing it properly, you know, they're, they're, they're allowed to do that. And, uh, how does that also apply to healthcare workers, you know, to social workers who are going out and, you know, like, oh, well, there's a mental health crisis. Well, of course, one of the things a healthcare professional has to pay attention to is HIPAA, the uh, uh, Healthcare Privacy Act. But at the same time, uh, you know, if they're making a public call about this, then the information's out there. And, you know, like, like, how do we treat that? I mean, that's just me spitballing. But like there are a lot of complexities involved in how we deal with these things and not just in terms of like the immediate, what's your code of conduct, but also how are we going to evaluate your performance and deal with mistakes and whatnot? Um, I think the one thing that, uh, I think we can all agree on, 
well, everybody who isn't like a you know, flaming racist, is that we need to tail back. We need to scale back on the level of violence that we permit police officers and that we expect from police officers because we can fix a lot of problems. We can try and make, you know, correct mistakes and offer restorative justice of some kind in a lot of instances. But, you know, it's too late for Breonna Taylor or Ahmaud Arbery or Amadou Diallo or Tamir Rice or, uh, uh, I, yeah. So yeah, we don't that, have we don't have like three hours to list everybody's name. Uh, yeah. So so that was fun. But anyway, so uh, so yeah, I think you guys are right, and uh, uh, it's it's hard to do that work, and I think a lot of people have my kind of uh, attitude and attention span, which is like, oh wait, now there's a crisis. Okay, well we deal with this like it's a crisis, and. Uh, you know, that's, you know, that, that, that can be a helpful approach, uh, in, you know, a crisis, here's a new thing and it's a, it's a, it's a short-term problem and we've got to deal with it. Um, you know, uh, sorry, in, in my family, my brother was really good at making sure that the day-to-day routine stuff got taken care of. And I'm terrible at that. But Dave would panic when it's like, oh, there's a sudden crisis and we can't just do the routine thing. What do we do? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll just take care of this. And we were a great team. And now that he's gone <laughs> and, you know, like the, the we're not always in a crisis, it's, it's hard to deal with. You know, it's hard for me to handle that. And uh, treating everything like it's a short-term crisis is not an effective strategy <laughs> in all respects. Um, and, uh, you know, I understand why the Northampton city council is, is, uh, responding that way, but you're absolutely right. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a helpful way to make policy for the long term. Well, it's, it's completely unhelpful. Este, if I can be more, if I can be more, if I can be severe, este, where you're being very kind, you, you can absolutely say whatever you want. <laughs> Thank you it's for completely joining. hurtful. And it, 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 un, unthoughtful, whatever, if, if that's a word. At the same time, people do need to express the rage and people in, in the ways that they, they see fit. And este, so all these things can take place at the same time. Where I start to despair is when elected officials respond in a, in a sort of a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, my goodness, they're asking for less. So let's do this without thinking it through. I remember when the Northampton Police Department uh, was going to receive something like $13,000 worth of bullets from Walmart. And what did the city council do? They said, no, we're not going to take it from Walmart because Walmart's an evil empire. Well, to you guys, it may be an evil empire, but for the people who shop there and the people who work there, it's a source of income, it's a source of food, it's a source of clothes. And so they were being so woke, they rejected $13,000 worth of bullets that Walmart was going to give them for their officers to do their practice shooting yeah, because when was, if, yeah, yeah and if they have to if they have to shoot you know you want them to to be able to point in the right direction and <laughs> i don't even think a northampton police officer has fired their gun in in years and years i mean I, again this is the northampton city council keeps reacting to the police department one of the most progressive if they, in the country as if it were one of the most r- retro Como es? Retro, eh, regressive 
police departments in the in the nation, and they're way out of tune with who they're dealing with. Yeah, they're they're not they're not having to uh, try and uh, uh, rein in Sheriff Clark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think that's <sighs> especially like like you said like expressing rage that is that is important for people to do. Um, to to Sue's question, I think that when we talk about uh, giving resp- some of the responsibilities to other professionals, I think that uh, there needs to be uh, more thoughtfulness of who gets sent where. Um, in an emergency, someone calls nine one one and says uh, this person is being drunk and sorely. Please you know, stop them, then maybe someone, uh, maybe someone goes there, but they don't have a gun or something, or it's a, a, or it's a mental health professional that is trained in police, um, things. I personally think that because of all the laws and all of the, uh, restrictions and all the powers that law enforcement is given in our country, I think make an effort to scrap the whole thing and have uh law enforcement people that aren't police they're peace officers that's what i want i want yeah i like the culture of actual police is so just the concept is so rotten that i think we just need to tear it out and re redo the concept of law enforcement so we don't have police officers anymore we have peace officers and they have their own separate set of powers restrictions and all and all of that stuff you have a a a homeless person that is sleeping on a bench you don't need to send a a person with a gun there you can send someone with a baton there at, at the very least, you know, you have someone that uh, a drug addict that is um, talking to themselves on the bus and the bus driver is worried. You send you send a mental health, someone trained in mental health, maybe maybe instead of police, you have different departments within law enforcement. One is for mental health. And these peace officers are are actual trained in they have degrees in mental health the last thing i'll say is i think that police need to be trained more my friend calls the police poorly trained soldiers people to become a police officer is a few hundred hours of training this should be a a degree that people get maybe like from a community college maybe a year or two a degree that they have in Law enforcement, like criminal, at, at least two years. Exactly. Like I think, I think, like an associate's degree, and then training uh, on the street training. Sure, but they need to be trained in not just shooting, but um, the proper way to uh, to arrest someone nonviolently uh, without chokeholds. Uh, there are ways to do that, but it takes years of practice to make sure that you can do that with someone that isn't also trained in like martial arts (laughs) you need to have uh people that are trained in um ways to de-escalate situations and you can't do all of that stuff in three months 
I well, think you're I, right, the genre and 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 everything you said, and it's about the when you call the police, they or you call nine one one, a trained person knowing which is the person they're gonna go, they're gonna send. Is it yeah. gonna be the peace officer, even without a, a club or mace or yeah. anything? Because imagine if you're homeless, you're already feeling really, really vulnerable, and to have somebody show up with a weapon is intimidating. Yeah, it's triggering. So what? How about starting off? super de-escalated and if the person is starting to get really upset and saying you know like get away from me get the hell away from me and if that per and if the person who was sent to deal with that situation is not making progress and keeping it de-escalated now call the social worker like an armed person should be the last person who shows up yes. is what i'm saying yeah and well, that's what you were saying i thought that's yeah right. it, we need to get there exactly, exactly. And, the, and the thing is that if you have um People like most people, when they think about a social worker, they think they're just trained in mental health. You don't have to do that. Like you can have someone that is trained in law enforcement that has a focus on mental health. They don't have to be a therapist. Social workers aren't just therapists. They're trained to help people in in situations that are nonviolent. So have that. They have social work. Like I saw one, one, uh, an, an, a doctor saying or a nurse saying that they work in an emergency room. They've dealt with drug addicts. They've dealt with violent people. No one has been shot in their, in their emergency room because they have people that are, they're trained and they know what to do. Like you can have, like if you take a cop, that person is trained in law enforcement. They can also have a degree in mental health. They, right. they you don't have. It doesn't have to be one or the other. They well, can be trained in both. And one, and you have like a few people in a department that are that is their focus. That's what they do. They have like a well, percentage, and then you send those people off, and they and they know what to do in both situations. And social workers also don't just have to be there to help people with mental health crises. I mean, you were both of you sort of mentioned like, well, you know, they show up, you know, we shouldn't be sending a, you know, an armed officer in body armor to deal with a homeless person. And it's like, yeah, but like, why are they dealing with a homeless person? I mean, you know, one of the ideas behind defund the police is take some of the money we're spending on, you know, controlling the homelessness or whatever and spend it on like actually giving people homes yeah so that you know you don't have a lot of homeless people sleeping in the park on a bench well but yeah but then i'm also thinking of who wants to go to the meadows at three o'clock in the morning because there's somebody who's living I there do. in their tent and so you want somebody who's trained yeah in, in protecting themselves and also in dealing with people who are very vulnerable yeah and, right. you know, there's not a perfect answer to all the questions that come up regarding a you know the, the role of the police um, but certainly the kind of conversation that we all are having these were not part of the conversations that were going on in the city council yeah yeah that's and they're supposed to be the deliberative body for the city of northampton minneapolis worries the hell out of me mm -hmm. uh they they um it's because they're getting rid of their uh, like they're just like we're gonna get rid of our police force by the end of the year or something i'm like did you think this through do you have a transitional plan? That. Like what is happening here? And hopefully there are, and I know for a fact, there are hundreds of activists 
and researchers and people with doctorates that would, if they called those people, they would descend on Minneapolis to reform their their police or to rebuild their law enforcement uh, department. They, you could have a consortium, consortium, whatever, what words, yep. a group, a big old party. <laughs> <laughs> of people that know what that we'll have been them. thinking about this their whole lives that you could have like a building full of those people and i bet a lot of them would come and volunteer some of their time too just to because they could make this such a great example and i'm really 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 hoping that the the minneapolis city council thinks about that for a hot second because yeah. when they dis dismantle their police department they gotta do something to replace it like they um hopefully i mean i bet they're going to do something like camden where they fire everybody make new policies start rehiring cops i get that's the best i pff, the that, that's the example that, that yeah. they have right now but maybe they'll fight figure out something that's way better hopefully well i do th i do think again uh, uh, I agree with N Natalia that, you know, we're, we're used to, well, I mean, I've lived in Northampton. I currently live in East Hampton, uh, you know, uh, used to live in Amherst, you know, like as a, as a, you know, as a super wasp, I've never really had any problems <laughs> with the police. <laughs> Sorry. Accurate. I was going to, I was going to, I was going to say Valley boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've only lived in the valley for half my life, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a valley boy. Yeah, <laughs> born yeah. and raised. But uh, you know, my my experiences with the police have been minimal, and they've been they've been fine. I I, I don't have a problem with 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 the police from personal experience. But um, you know, the whatever criticisms one wishes to level at the police departments out here, as Natalia was pointing out, you know, we don't have something like the Chicago Police Department. You know, Chief Casper isn't operating an off-the-books black site where, like, they take someone into custody, but they haven't arrested them, and they keep them there for a few hours and ask them questions, and, you know, maybe they rough them up a little bit, and then eventually they get, you know, booked into the system. How do you know, not, Mike? You know? How do you know? <laughs> it's a black site. How, how would you um, know? Maybe they're really good at keeping secrets. Well, they have to be really, really good at keeping secrets because nobody talks about it after the fact. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, well, John, don't, let's not go into QAnon territory, okay? Oh. <laughs> but but so, the great so, up, so up the storm is, is coming. Gonna, <laughs> Chief Casper's going to join us on July 9th if we're lucky, so maybe you can ask her that question about her black site. Oh, killer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's great. I hadn't heard that she'd gotten back to us. Excellent. So, um, uh, anywho, uh, yeah, I, I lost my thread. Sue, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, just, well, you were saying that we don't have Chicago PD here, so. Right. Well, we, we have a police chief. We don't chief. need to start in the same way that Chicago. I mean, if Chicago were to say, right, we're tearing all this down, all these people are fired, and then we're going to start again. Like, that makes sense in Chicago, in a way that it kind doesn't of. here. I mean, maybe Chicago shouldn't do that, but I'm just saying, like, I get it in a way that I, that it 
I don't hear it. Conservatives would go nuts. Well, here in Holyoke, we don't have a police chief like, like, you know, in Staten (laughs) Island, when Eric Garner was killed in a chokehold by those that police officer and his colleagues, the very same prosecutor who submitted charges against the police officers, he did such a bad job he couldn't convict any of them, and now he represents Staten Island in Congress. Oh my so God. this systemic change is not just happening inside police departments, it's also in society. And I think Northampton Police Department, just like here in Holyoke Police Department, there are some, these are two really good progressive chiefs, and we want to support them, do, the, do their work much better. You're here. You're great. Yeah. Oh, and we're uh, we're approaching our uh, end of the show moment here. Uh, so, uh, Sue, I just I I thought I heard you starting to say something, and I I've really been trying not to talk over you. <laughs> it, it's my old phone. I've got nothing. I'm done. I, I love it. I love it that, that Natalia Minos joined us tonight. This was terrific. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sue. Thank during, you, yeah, John. Yeah. Yeah. During Thank the break, I, was, I we were we were just talking about stuff, and I'm almost like, "Stop being fascinating." We need to record a podcast. <laughs> Thank we need you. to record a show. So thank you very so much sweet for being of you on. To say. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah and Sue, good job uh, getting us a great guest. <laughs> Love fest. So, yeah. So uh, that's going to do it for civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, we thank you for listening. Uh, We will have a podcast of our show uploaded to all the various sites and whatnot sometime this weekend. We have uh, an encore uh, airing on Mondays at four in the afternoon. Uh, You can listen to our show at civilpoliticsradio.com. You can find out more about Natalia at holyokemedia.org. And uh, yeah, we've got cool music like Subculture, Table of Contents, and OK Asia coming up next on Valley Free Radio. So there's lots of good music to listen to as you go into the wee hours. And uh, I guess that'll do it for now. So thanks for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. And thank you to Natalia Munoz for joining us. Thank you very much. Well, hopefully we'll be all back next week. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.